Marc Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirt Underground Show, the number one Rangers podcast. Make sure you tune in and find out all the latest news. Let's go, Rangers. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Blue Shirt Underground Show. Today is Tuesday, April 4th. We are about two weeks away from playoff hockey. My name is Jim, and as always, I am joined on the other side of the window by the one and only Eddie Guy. Good evening, Eddie. How are you tonight? I'm doing great. I'm doing fantastic. I don't know what I've ever come on the show and said I'm doing horrible. Because I'm with you guys. I'm with you. I'm with the fans. I'm with my friends. You're, you're a very positive person. You never come on here. Even when things are go, even when things have been at their lowest in Ranger lore, you have always come on here with a with a smile on your face and a song in your heart, my friend. Well, I mean, I feel like that's the way I don't my I keep my expectations low. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm never very uh, it's all you can do. It's all you can do. I mean, I'm constantly annoyed, but uh, <laughs> as far as affecting my real mood, uh, I'm over that. I am. I am though. very excited to be here tonight. We are going to be joined at about seven thirty by former New York Ranger Corey Hirsch. He's coming on the program. He's going to talk a little bit about his book, about his time with the Rangers. If you haven't read his book, you you should. Eddie and I have both read it in the past week. It's uh, it's 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 a f- compelling piece of. I don't want to say it's a great book because it's such a uh, it's such a a powerful topic, but it, it really is a great book. I mean, it's just. I mean, it, I don't think you could have really written a book about the subject we're going to talk about, which. Uh, I guess I can, uh, you know, let the cat out of the bag is what goes on inside the mind of somebody who is in the throes of uh, an anxiety disorder and an obsessive compulsive disorder. And I really thought that he did, I mean, about as good a job as you can describing it. Now, we all know goalies are 
a different breed. Absolutely. I remember seeing a video on what Marty Biron used to do. He had a lucky piece of string. He had this and all that. He was like, you know, he's like a voodoo witch doctor back there. Uh, with all the the, the, the the good luck charms he had and stuff. So it'll be very interesting to talk to the man and, uh, you know, and, and you know, it'll, like I said, it's a, it's a, it's a great book. It's not a book full of anecdotes about uh, playing with this guy, you know? I mean, that is in right. the book, but uh, you know, it, it, it's about that subject. So, right. It's not like it's it's not like a book like you'd hear from Emil Francis, where it's just you know one anecdote like Eddie said after another. These right. are right, exactly. uh, or there, there's a little bit of that, and he and he does he he does handle you know his, his issues. I think with with a certain bit of humor and and can and for for certain candor. And uh, I, I learned a lot about Corey. I learned a lot about about mental illness, and I, honestly, I learned a little bit about myself reading this book. So. Uh, I'm really looking forward to talking to talking to him in, at the bottom of the hour, as they say. Meanwhile, we got a hockey team in a little bit of a rut. I know they're coming off a nice win in in, uh, in the nation's capital on Sunday, Eddie. But uh, you know, the uh, little, uh, we're in a little, little bit of a rough patch. Well, here, the bad starts are back, right? I mean, let's let's discount the capital game first of all. Uh, discounted, thrown it out. Well, we'll get to it, but I mean, it's good that they won and they, but uh, the Devils loss on Thursday, first of all, that got the ball rolling because Ranger fans, and I've said one thing I noticed, I've noticed over the 13 years we've been doing this show, we lose to the Devils, Islanders, his emotions run high. The comedy gold comes up from the people who give up when they lose. <clears throat> team is done. This team There's is a done. little more rancor after after those losses. Yes, certainly. And then they throw. They're playing Buffalo, the Buffalo Sabers, who, to put it plainly, are atrocious defensively. Yes. I mean, they are one of the worst defensive teams in the league. The Rangers have all this top gun firepower. They've got everybody and anybody. I mean, they have an all-star lineup, a Hall of Fame lineup, as I said in Carolina. Right. Well, you're not far off. I mean, you know, <laughs> there's at least a few of them in there. And and they come out, El Lamo, just no push, no shots. Get dominated by Buffalo in the first period. They go down. What did they go down? Two nothing. No, no. They. I don't know what the score was, but it wasn't good. It was two nothing at one yeah, point, and it was two nothing in the Devil game in the first period as well. Right. I well, I said that. Yeah, and I said it during the Washington game in our game thread when the Rangers took the lead. I said it feels like this is the first time in four in three months where we haven't been behind two nothing. I mean, this, it's very concerning to watch a team come out and lay a goose egg in the first 30 minutes against, of every game. Against a bad defensive team and a goaltender making his debut in the NHL. 
you know, forget all the forget all the bouquets Joe and Sam were throwing at him all night long. This guy, it's his first guy. How do you not smell blood? I mean, they should have been swarming this kid from the from the go. And instead, nothing. I, you know. Well, the thing is, the Rangers are not going to change the way they are going to play. They are going, they don't care if it's Devin Levi or if it is Andre Vasilevsky in that. <laughs> we are stubborn. We are going to play the way we play. And we'll come back in the third period, make everybody happy, which they've done most, almost all of the year, as a matter of fact. I think undefeated going into the third period this year. So what you have, and you and, and I blame Gallant, Gallant, Fester, uh, Don Rickles, whatever you want to call them, <laughs> especially in that Buffalo game. When they got off to that bad start, I said it in the game thread. He's got to call a timeout and rip into these guys. Not right. just for their sake and for your sake. For every Ranger fan's sake out there, I need somebody to, to scream at these guys. I don't care if they're tuning them out or whatever. Make a showing, a public embarrassing. Now, you, know, you don't have to call them out like Tortorella called out Del Zotto. Well, but you can, he can call time out there and let the, and let the leaders on this team speak. There's no shortage of veteran leadership here. I mean, you know, Truba does set a tone with this team. Call the timeout, say nothing. Let the players do the talking or let the silence do the talking. Right. Sometimes that's better than words. Good point. But do something. You cannot go up here with three shots on net. Maybe you can if you're the Columbus Blue Jackets or whatever, the, all these bottom feeder teams out there. But you're a team that's heading into the playoffs. You're setting a bad precedent. It's all it's like last year's playoffs all over again. Get terribly outshot. Igor bail you out. That's the recipe. Now... They did rectify the situation against the hapless Caps. But when it counted against the Devils, when and listen, they all count, but that was a four-point four point swing. Right. You know? Devils came, out, Devils came out in that game looking like a team that wanted to improve their position in the standings, and the Rangers didn't. No. And once again, the Devils came out and did exactly what Carolina does. I wish I had like a telestrator right now. I saw Chris John at, at one of the, the idiot box, uh, the idiot box show last Saturday. Saturday and I said, I keep seeing the same thing. Rangers love that transition chip up the board play. They chip it past the forward that's forechecking up to their forward, defenseman to forward, and they, they, to go from there. But if the other team brings down their defenseman to cover that guy that the puck is being chipped to, 
The Rangers have no idea how to break out of their own zone after that. There's right. no alternate plan. There's no, There's nothing. And the Devils did that in the first period of that game. It kind of got away from it, which allowed the Rangers to kind of creep back into the game somewhat. Uh, but you can't spend time. I mean, that that was total domination the Devils had. Absolute domination. And you know, and you know the Devils gotta be feeling their oats like against the Rangers. Like, yeah, I know we're ahead of in the standings, but these guys have been good for a couple of years now. They got all these guys at the deadline. Are we as good as them? And then they prove it right away. The Rangers, you know, don't show up mentally prepared. That's for shit, sure. And I am, I, I feel like this coach makes no in-game adjustments other than switching the lines. I, I don't. Now listen, another hundred point season, right, Jim? So we first can't coach complain. to do it in their history. First coach to do it in their history. So, granted, he does have the benefit of the loser point, but they haven't gotten too many of those. Right. So the the fan base. Let's face it. They they were. What did you say? Was the word you used? Before to describe, they were a little the ranker. The ranker yeah. was running wild. This team stinks. Uh, the perimeter passing, and this guy stinks. And I the, I'm like, this team is a very good team. There's no doubt about it. They're gonna lose. And and people could what do they call that? The but I feel like I feel like they're only a very good team when they want to be. You know, and it's always it always seems to be like just when you think we haven't reached, you know, they, then they come out with like a game like against Carolina in Carolina. You know, I I don't know. They always seem to pull themselves out of these things, and and I you know you just keep hoping that they they keep doing it. But you know these these bad starts are just they're so frustrating. I mean, they came out good against the Caps, but the Caps stink. The caps are bad. That, those are not those are not your father's Washington Capitals. I mean, they, they stink. They're gonna miss the playoffs. You know, they had no Oshie in the lineup who who kills the Rangers. Who kills the Rangers? Ovechkin looks looked completely disinterested in that game until there was a until there was a scuffle, which oh was what, ten that minutes was... left in that game. I mean, it was like nothing left in the game. Game was over at that point. I mean. You know, I mean, let's say the Caps brought up Dylan McElrath at one point this season, so that that tells right. you their season right. right there. I mean, you know, the, the fair even the Airhorn guy didn't show up at that game on Sunday. There were so many Ranger fans there. Ranger I guess fans. Ranger fans figured, you know, one o'clock game. You know, if you live here in the New York City area, you can still get home by yeah. seven eight o'clock on a Sunday night, so <laughs> might as well make the trip. Now. Are you looking for what I now going to term the great white Buffalo, which is a Ranger 60 minute effort. The great white Buffalo. Remember, I just want to see them play 60 minutes. I don't know if that's not 40. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I don't think many teams can play 60 minutes of entire, like, 
Maybe they can. I don't know. Maybe I'm just the Rangers are just one of these teams. They're like the cardiac kids. But why? It shouldn't be that way. They have veterans up front. They've got guys from outside the organization. Uh, Patrick Kane, Vladimir Tarasenko. Uh, these guys certainly uh, didn't make their careers on being comeback kids. They're veterans. And right. I really have no problems with either one of them. I just find that, you know, the you you, you know you got your certain go-to whipping boys. No matter how many points they score, I got to hear Panarin's a perimeter player. Well, guess what? He weighs 160 he's, pounds soaking wet. He might as well not be. What do you want? He's listed at six foot. There's no way that guy. No way. There's no, no way. way. Even on skates, I don't know if he's hitting six feet. He's like the, one of the smallest players I've ever seen outside of like, you know, Nathan Gerby and and uh, maybe Theo Fleury, you know? I mean, he's small. And he's the one that, you know, because of the way he plays, he makes the dirty goals possible for other guys. Right. And th there was a little uh, back and forth tonight about that. And listen, he called it out. He said, we need more greasy goals. I understand it may sound on the surface kind of hypocritical, since, you know. He's not standing in front of that, but that's not what the type of player he is. Right. And he's kind of reminds, it reminds me of uh, the guy on uh, Aaron Judge on the Yankees. He's either going to strike out or he's going to hit a home run. So those bad passes, those cross-ice passes to nobody, it's going to happen. Just accept it and just realize at the end of the season, he's going to have over 90 points. And if they didn't have that 90 points, they wouldn't be in the playoffs. So right. you take the good with the bad. That's the way I look at it. So, uh, What's up, Frankie? How are you doing? Good to see you. But is it frustrating to watch? Yes. And you know who makes it even worse to watch these games? Our beloved announcers. Oh, my God. I never seen an uproar from the Ranger fan base like I saw during that Ranger-Buffalo game. It's, you know, it's it's funny, you know, when, when you and I first really started tanking on the broadcast 10 years ago, you know, even maybe even more so, a lot of people are like, oh, how can you say that? I, oh, it's Sam. How can you say that? Now I think we've got more people on our side. Everybody's come around. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody is like, I can't watch this. I have to change. I got to change to the radio. I, at one point, after whatever ridiculous statement came out of their mouths, or just the complete... Uh, hearing about the woes of the Buffalo Sabres and uh, this guy is really doing well. And, oh, you know, they, if they would have had this guy, they would have been, uh, you know, contenders. And I mean, it wasn't the first period, which is usually a love fest for the other team. Like I've said, and we've said on this broadcast, it's basically Sam has sat with the PR director of the other team and, just absorbed, wrote down everything he said. So he's got to get it all out in the first period. But this continued into the third period. 
and part of the problem is part of the problem is that with these other with with these four teams there's four teams on this network now so you know it's like the one big i've talked about this before it's one big happy family we're not going to criticize the devils we're not going to promote the rangers over the devils we're not going to promote the rangers over the sabers or the islanders it's all one big happy msg family i mean did we need to see Devon Devon Levi's family 400 times. Four times. Four, I mean, 400. How many, times that? how many times did they go to that? He was making saves that were wider than net and they were going to that. What's with this kid taking a victory lap every time he makes a fucking save? He's nervous. Did you notice that? He's nervous goalie. Like Eric Hyden. He's got to do a loop around the, around the net. Oh, Back Joe, the goal. he doesn't stand still. Get back in the goal. And I have to say, what do you face? Three shots in the first that right. They had I mean, it wasn't like early they were in the barraging. third period. Early in the third period, they only had around 16 or 17 shots on goal. And they're talking about what a night he's having. Come on. I mean, you know it's his first game and his first game at a car. Yeah, I understand. The nerves are probably going, and you know, he's doing this. But let's not make him like, you know, out to be Jacques Plante. Although later in the game, when the Rangers got some really good quality shots, he, he was equal to the task. Then tip your hat. Don't, don't, don't right. be, you know, don't He's be no loving. Hardy Astrum. Right. I mean, don't be loving all over him. God, it was disgusting. And Alex Took and Jeff Skinner. We knew he was going to get the freaking shot that guy. I mean, he's had two back-to-back seasons. He makes a ton of money. Yes, he uh, does. But he always scores against the Rangers. And then the Schmendricks that were scoring before him were like, who? Who? You know, it's funny is uh... – we were uh, back to just running back to the Devils game real quick. We were talking about last week when we were on. We were following the uh, <coughs> the Devils Islander game. We were keeping track of the score, and uh, and that Eric Hall has scored a goal, and you're like, oh god, that guy! And then he scores the first goal in the Rangers. Right, game. Right. <laughs> Eric Hall, how's this team going to beat us? And Eric scored. Hall and Oates. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like here we go. Every guy I say is a bum, they're going to score. Right. I was waiting for Zemgus Gergensen to score. <laughs> One of the most interesting names in hockey, as far as I'm concerned. Just, I don't understand. I Maybe you're right. Maybe it's the, the MSG family of networks that we have to be kind to everybody. I don't think this goes on in, on Sportsnet. I don't think of Calgary announcers are extolling the virtues of Ottawa or somebody or the Oilers. Else. Yeah. Right. I don't think that's happening. We can ask Corey when he gets here. He was a, he was on Sportsnet with the Canucks, I believe. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, uh, I don't think that's happening. These guys you won't think the Montreal announcers are talking about how great Toronto is or talking about the who's hurt no for way. the Maple Leafs. No way. 
these guys, even Micheletti, he he actually has more edge than Sam Rosen, which is not saying much. You know, Micheletti will sometimes accidentally tell the truth. <laughs> you know, about, and also, and it's not just that I want flowers and sunshine for the Rangers all the time. I want the announcers to call them out when they're playing bad. Right. Oh, Joe, only three shots. I would be like, why do they even show up? I mean, right. you know, like I would, I would be sarcastic. Like, the Rangers got to figure it away. Gerard Gallant, this you don't, you don't have to go out there and be mean about it, and be like we would be about it. <laughs> but you could be, you could be, you could be nice about it and say, listen, three shots appear and ain't gonna win you a hockey game. Right. And, and and it's not even I mean it's not it's not just that. I mean, there are times where they're just rambling on about something. It's where some player went to college, who some player's father was, and there's game action going on. And the problem with that, the, the reason for that is there's so many goddamn commercials squeezed into a broadcast that there's no time for filler. So right. the filler now comes at their at the expense of the game broadcast because everything is because every stoppage is sponsored. Every moment of the game is sponsored. You've got game action going while there's a commercial in the other half of the screen. Every penalty kill is sponsored by somebody. The power play is sponsored by somebody else. The pregame show is sponsored by somebody else. The intermission, the, the MSG 150, the postgame, the second intermission, the second MSG 150. Power play. The, the little dopey break that uh, Valaket and, and uh, Giannone do in between the late and the third period. Everything is so sponsored and, and and so many betting commercials and everything else that the filler that you would have during the breaks and the stoppages now has to take place during gameplay. So we got to hear about where a guy went to college, who we went to college with, where he went to high school. He went back to college to get his degree. Meanwhile, game action's going on. I want to know what's going on on the ice. I want to know who's got the puck. I want to know what he's doing with it. I want to know who's fighting, who's going for a penalty. But you don't hear any of that. Instead, you hear, oh, I forget who it was. Oh, he finished up Harvard early, came to play, and then he went back over the summer and he got his degree in economics, Joe, and this, that. Who cares? That is all filler. That right. is not – this is not a baseball game. This is not happen. a baseball game. There's not There's not five minutes to talk in between every pitch, and I know there's not five minutes anymore. Right. But, I, you know, it's – you're not you're not Gary Keith and Ron, where you got time for endless stories. There's a game to call, and it's a fast paced game, and you're both five time zones behind it every night. It, it can be very frustrating, uh, especially with a team that's had so much success in the regular season. I think we were talking about the Rangers all the time, but apparently we're talking about the other team. And you're right. Uh, I find this also kind of, it irks me. And it shouldn't irk me because I'm not from Canada. At least the last time I checked, I wish I was from Canada. But they never mention juniors. They only mention college players. They never say from the Oshawa Generals, oh, he played his junior hockey there. They only mention, like, like it's a novelty 
that Americans are playing hockey now. Like, this is 1976 <laughs> right. all over, 1980 <laughs> all over again. Oh, the Americans are starting to emerge. This is this is the normal thing. There's a lot of percentage of players that come from uh, from United States. They're still treating it like it's a, a thing. Like, it's a novelty. Right. I want them to say, because you know what? They don't know. They, If you could ask them, uh, you know, uh, for instance, uh, let's say not Patrick Kane, um, maybe, well, the Meek, the Meek, no, Meek didn't play. I'm trying to think of a guy who played in 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 Western Hockey League or something, you know, like, uh, uh, let's see, who, who they draft recently. Because uh, the Rangers always try, they always sign these guys immediately from another country. So I'm trying to think of a, uh, now, we know Keiondre Miller played in the United States. Truba was a... Uh, well, you got Othman coming up through the OHL. All right. Are they going to be mentioning he's... Oh, Joe. The University of Minnesota joke? That's got to stop. That joke is... Joe's got to defend... If he loves that state so much, why doesn't he work for the Wild? Exactly. Why doesn't he go open up the North Stars Museum? And he could just be the curator of that museum. He could talk about Lou Nanny and Mike Madonna all day long. Dino I mean, Cicerelli. As Cutter reminds me, they have one of the greatest players of all time on their team, Patrick Kane. I haven't mentioned he played for the London Knights. Sam probably thinks it's London, England. <laughs> I mean, give some props to Canada. Oh, oh he went to Harvard, the degrees. Oh, it's, it makes the game... Twice, like it exacerbates. I have to watch the whole game experience is exacerbated by these two. And when they win, it doesn't enhance it. So it, you lose. You lose on the broadcast every night. Well, I mean, sometimes I mean, when they have when they've had big big wins, you know, Sam can still enhance a win. But. You know, it's just it's 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 frustrating, and it's just it's worse when they're losing, because it's like they're rubbing your nose in it. I've said that a hundred times. It's like they're rubbing your nose in it. You know, oh look, what a game! He's just you know whatever. It it, it ain't gonna change. It is what. No, it, it is. isn't. I mean, it ain't gonna know. change. I just wish, I, and I wish that they they never mentioned contracts. It annoys me. You know, I, I, you know, they could just say, you know, they're they're paying a lot of money for this guy, and he really hasn't delivered, or never mentioned that. Congratulations to Filipino for getting a four million. Okay, now we didn't talk about that yet. Phil Heedle gets extended for four years. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Jen yells at the TV at the two of them as much as I do. Christina said, shut them up. Can you announce the game? <laughs> I said, why don't you announce? So she announced for a while, and then I announced. <laughs> so, yes, Filipino. Got a four-year deal, right? Now, instead of spending, you know, if you want the filler time, tell me what, what about the specifics of this deal. Tell me why, if you don't or you do like it, Right. Do something like that. You know, it's take Filipinos really improved this game. He had that big 
scoring streak. But it looks like he's probably going to wind up with 15 goals on a third line. Uh, I mean, not 15. Like over, He's going to have over 20 goals. He already has it. Uh, could get 25. Who knows? But at a really good, what I feel is a really good price. I mean, uh, how do you guys feel about it? Jim, how do you feel about the deal? I think it's a great deal. Uh, you know, and... I hope they can keep all three of those guys together because right now that's our number one line. You talk about top six, all you want right now, that kid line's the number one line on the team. That line is making something happen every game and the caps. I never thought I'd say it, but the, the capitals had no answer for the third line in that game. When no. have we, I mean, how often do we have a line that just goes out there and plays as dominant as that, as that third line? Paco's got goals in consecutive games. He's up to 16. Uh, Lafreniere's up to 16. We got Heedle over 20 now. And you've I mean, got Paco and Lafreniere, they could they could get to 20. It, it's not well, likely, both but of them, it I mean, could they, happen. They both got off to horrific starts. I mean, Lafreniere, I didn't think he was going to get 10 goals the way he was going. Right. He certainly turned around in the second half. My only concern with these three guys is that can they play with anybody else? You know, that right. seems to be the problem. But other than that, and I feel like Gallant has done a good thing. Whenever the Rangers pull this no-show stuff, he hammers that third line. It's like, here, this is how you're supposed to play. Watch. Right. He should do that more often. He should say to himself, you know what? This is my first line for tonight. Guess what, you first liners? You're not showing up? Well, I'm going to hammer this line. Because they dominate. Now, it, does, it it's not, oh, it doesn't always result in a goal. Obviously, that's not the case. And sometimes it, you know, Filipino will blow, what, I blow a monumental chance with a wide open net. That happens at least four times a year. Right. But he's got 22, so... That third and fourth line are the only things I can count on every game. Absolutely. Uh, Corey has arrived. He's he checking has. his hair. I see him checking his hair in the in the sweat, making right, sure he looks good. good. You're on the he, he, he's ready to join us. So, ladies and gentlemen, he's a former New York Ranger, Vancouver Canuck, Team Canada goaltender. He led them to a silver medal, and he made number 31 cool long before Igor got here. Corey wow. Hurst, welcome to the Blue Shirt Underground Show. How you doing? Jim and Eddie with you. On a I'm Wednesday doing, night, Tuesday I'm, night. Yeah, I'm doing good. I was sitting in another room, like I was, I was on the totally the wrong stream. So I was like, <laughs> I'm like, where is everybody? You know, I'm, I'm just sitting there waiting. Like, what are we late? Like, what, like, what's going on? So my apologies for being late, but I did bring something today. I'm going to wear it for this. Uh, oh, look this at interview. This. Oh, 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 look oh at I'm getting the goosebumps. Oh yeah. my god, this is so fantastic. Holy there's shit. A, there's the number 31 right there. There you go. Wow. Sorry for the bad luck for anybody that's wearing it now. But well, uh, actually, he's doing pretty good, isn't he? Yeah. yeah Igor's so let's okay. do this. Look at that. Wow. Right? And, I I'm it impressed by this. I have to I, say. That, I, we, can, we can end the show right now. And, <laughs> and, it, and it couldn't get any better than this. I mean, yeah. that's beautiful. The well, once a ranger, always a ranger, right? That's right. Yeah. <clears throat> And you know, we're Eddie and I were talking about it. You are actually the first, the first uh, 
Stanley Cup champion from the 94 team that has come on the show. Yeah, well, thank you, but I, I was the third goalie. I'm not sure I can take the credit of what the guys played and did, but thank you. I got to drink there's out a, of the cup. I was there. There's a picture of you <laughs> drinking out of the cup. That makes you Beautiful. a champion with me. I love it. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah, now Rangers, you know, like I still still believe the colors, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean – it's a beautiful jersey. It's a beautiful yeah. jersey. No, it's um, yeah, you know these are the yeah. I, I don't have I don't have to say anything. These are uh, it's fantastic. It means a lot to me. So all good. Now, <laughs> I've read the. I actually got the audio book because I'm not that I'm too lazy to read. It's just my eyes can't deal with it at my advanced age. Uh, so I like to be told the story, and. I thought this book was compelling. And as a person who has dealt with this kind of stuff, I thought that you articulated what goes on in here. Just excellent. Excellent. Because it's hard to articulate. I don't want to, I'm jumping right into it, but I thought you did a great job in articulating what you go through uh, physically. And what goes on in here. And and Jim, he actually read the book. and uh, I did. The only problem with the audio book, I will say, is they butcher every hockey player's name. Like that's when they not, were, Yeah, that's what I heard. Like it, Yeah. Like yeah. Adriana Coyne. It took me like 20 minutes to figure out who somebody was talking about. Adriana Jean. I'm like, who's a Jean? I don't know. I don't know. I, I asked to read it, and they said, no, we have readers. So I'm like, all right, okay, well, you know. But he did a really good job. Other oh, than no, the I thought he, I understand. Yeah. they wouldn't let you, Corey, they wouldn't yeah. let you read your own book. No, I guess. Well, they have people that that they hire to do this stuff, so it's wow. um, you know, what are you going to do? It's I, yeah, the book. Um, I'm glad you liked it. Thank you, and I really love it. Thank you for listening to it. Um, it was, um, yeah, uh, it was, you know, something I always wanted to do. I did the Players Tribune article, and then you know, ended up doing the book, um, but I. I, you know, I, I still haven't read it. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure I ever will. So I could, I think I can see why. And let me, let, Jim, do you want to jump in it anyway? Cause I, I don't want to. No, go ahead. I go, do want to uh, say, because I experienced, uh, all our experiences are different, but I experienced around the same time period that you did, but I, I'm 10 years older than you. And, um, <laughs> I found the similarities were just – I feel maybe the reason you don't want to read it is because it actually made me think about the time when I was going through it. And it made me a little – I don't want to say anxious, but it did give me like butterfly, like a little nervous feeling about when I was in that time. So right. maybe that's the reason. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, you know, um, it's it's all my pain, you know, written in, in pages. So what, why do I want to go back there? Right. That's that's um, one thing. But, you know, before we do this, so I got my tooth fixed, and I'm uh -huh. going to do this. So I've been wearing this stupid retainer for two days, and I have this – I got a lisp now. So we're going to pop it out. Uh -oh. And we're gonna go hockey style. Yeah, this is already this is my favorite Let's show of all time. Right? This is fantastic. I'm listening. I got a lisp. I'm like, yeah, man, I can't, I can't, I can't do this. So I don't know what I'm gonna do about this thing. I guess for the next while, I'm just gonna walk around one tooth. 
<laughs> so, Corey, Corey, I mean, after after we we've read your we both read your book, you've bared your soul to us. What's what's a tooth at this point? Yeah, right. I mean, it, it's just it's, <laughs> it's a just a tooth. Too. I took a stick. I mean, it was road hockey, but it was still hockey. <laughs> but yeah, as, as far as the book goes, um, yeah, you know what? Like I said, it's all my pain written in pain. So why? I, I don't I don't need to go back. I wrote it for other people. Like I wrote it so that. Um, you know, other people can see it and go, hey, that, that's what happened to me. Like like you just said, like, we've all been in that dark place at some point in our lives, you know, and if you haven't been there at this point, um, lucky you, right? Because we've all been there. So I wanted to give an account on, you know, for people um, and people that, that haven't suffered from this stuff, this is what it's like. Because when you're going through it, everybody else is like, well, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand. Okay, well, this is exactly what it's like. Right. So, right. Um, you know, and then I wanted to give information and education. The thing about all this, too, is, is that I, I have a bit of a chip on my shoulder. I'll be honest, because I wasn't taught this stuff in high school or middle school. Right. And it's a disservice to our kids today, because if I'd have known what was going on, you know, I, I wouldn't ended up on that cliff that one day. I, like I could have just went and got help and, and figured it out. But because I didn't know what was going on. Right. And I wasn't going to tell anybody. And this you know, it almost killed me. So why are we not teaching this today to our high school kids? Why are we not teaching kids this stuff? You know, and that's another part of the reason I put the book out there um, was hopefully to educate people. And, and I hope I hope that's what you guys got out of it as well. And, and especially, Corey, uh, which you don't, I mean, you don't even touch on in the book, but this is just me. I know you have kids too, but this is how, I have two, three teenage daughters, two, one of my own two stepdaughters. But with social media, it, I mean, what social media does to these girls, and I'm sorry, but girls are just horrible to each other. Oh, yeah. Young girls are horrible to each other. Guys, I mean, boys are still just boys. They'll just, you know, they'll punch you in the mouth and then you get over it. Girls are just brutal to each other, especially on social media. And I mean, you know, it's it's really amazing that we're not, you know, we're not teaching more about mental health to our to kids in school. It wow. should be part of health class. I'm going to throw a statistic at you. So between 2007 and 2017, suicide rates for the ages of 10 to 24 went up 56%. All right. Well, when did social media come into play? Like when did all that stuff come into play? Right. I mean, you got to watch what your kids are doing on social media and you're right. Girls are, it's emotional warfare. It's not like physical, right? I mean, someone calls you a name on, on suddenly you're a guy while well, you go, okay, well, let's do this. Right. You're going to end up going and, and probably getting in a fight or or get one of your buddies to fight somebody if they're bigger than you. <laughs> but girls, man, yeah, it's emotional warfare. Yeah. I, you know, and, you know, chances are the guys are going to beat the hell out of each other and then it's going to be over. You know, most times they shake hands and walk away, but the girls just continue to berate each other and they will pick on, you know, they'll fixate on one thing and they'll just berate. That. I've seen, I've seen both of our older girls just in tears over something somebody said to them on social media. Yeah. Well, here's so what I, I understand. You know, Go I, I certainly see, you know, I, I can see where where all these kids are are just having these these issues and you know self esteem and and everything else, and it's just mind boggling why we're not teaching more of it. Well, here's here's what I say. I say this in my talks, and this is what I'm trying to like spread is is that you have two choices. You can use social media for a weapon, or you can use it for good. You know, it's up to you. And right. um, I'm trying to get more people to use it for good because there are some good things that come out of it. Right. Um, I did five games last year on TV with John Shorthouse with the Canucks. I did color. Usually I do radio. 
And uh, I was reading Twitter. I was like, everyone was like, yeah, he's doing great. You know, funny, blah, 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 all this stuff. And then some one lady tweeted in, um, if I have to listen to Couriers commentate one more effing game, I'm going to stab myself in the face. Wow. And I was just like, ouch. Well, yeah. And is that the... Now let me let me ask you: Is that the right? is that the comment that you fixate on, and yeah, not the, and not the positives? Absolutely. And then I called my mom, and I, I she said it wasn't her. <laughs> right? I was like, "Mom, you bet, hey, don't be saying that stuff." No, but yeah, have social like, media, mom. Yeah, it's social media, right? So what, you know, I say use it if you can use it for good. Um, you know, we'll all be in a better place than if you use it for a weapon. Yeah, uh, it's absolutely true. Though. Like you know, Eddie and I have been doing this for almost. Uh, 13 going on 14 years and you know, almost everybody's pretty into us. And then every once in a while, I'll just read one person and say, God, these guys never shut up about this. And I'll just, and I'll just, that'll keep me up. I'll be laying in bed. God, what, you know, do I have to, do I have to not talk about this anymore? You know, something right. stupid like that. Yeah. We always fixate on the negative. You know, and you do so many good things and so many positive things and your show is fantastic. And you, you know, you love the Rangers like I do, you know? So it's, um, yeah, it's unfortunate that some people, you know, but that's what it's going to be. So I, I like Instagram in the sense that I can I can control the comments, right? Right. I don't know you. Right. I'm not letting you comment. But on Twitter, I I don't even I don't tweet anymore because I it, it's just a place for people to take free shots at me. Like you don't like. Right. So it's, I'm like, nah, you know. So I, I, I call it a cesspool uh, of cowards. Yeah. That's because that's really all it is. <laughs> it really is, right? I'm sure we well, on Twitter talking about my tooth here in about 15 minutes. Yeah, right. <laughs> How dare he show up on the internet with the <laughs> taking out his teeth? No class, Corey Hirsch. <laughs> oh, I love looking at it too. Um, it's awesome. Um, well, we were so talking I about. I want to ask game. you. Oh, go ahead. I want to go. I want to go back to you. Talk about the. You talk about being drafted in 1991. The Rangers draft you in the eighth round. Did you know the, had the Rangers expressed interest in you beforehand? Had you spoken to anybody from the Rangers? So the year before. I interviewed with the Rangers. They came to um, they came to Camps where I played junior. I think it was Dave McNabb was the scout, and I they took me for dinner and everything. I thought for sure they were going to draft me. Like I, I I was I thought for sure, but I was at that point in time. I I had to go in the first three rounds of the draft, um, and then if I didn't go, I was only seventeen. That was the rule. So they, they didn't get picked in the first three rounds. You were you had to wait till next year. So I didn't get oh, picked. Okay. So the next year came around and I didn't know, right? I didn't know what was going to happen. Or, but a scout named Lou Jankowski uh, out of Calgary uh, was a Ranger scout. And rest in, God rest his soul, Lou passed a while ago. But um, he drafted me in the eighth round. So it was the next year after. And I thought they were going to draft me the year before because they, they took me out. We talked. We had a conversation. You know, everything went good. Um, but it wasn't so it was the next following year that they took me and they drafted me. And and you say you talk about it in the book. You said your your agent at the time told you just stay by the phone. There's no need to go to this draft. You weren't expected to to go very high in then you weren't right. No, it was in Buffalo, and then he's like, just stay home. And I'm like, you're an 18 year old kid. Your hopes and dreams are. I'm like, right. just stay home. What? Like I'm supposed <laughs> to go in the first round. What? Right. You know. But uh, yeah. So then I got drafted. So then they brought all the draft picks to New York. Um, you know, all of us, all us young guys. And um, it was the first time I'd been to New York was in uh, Rye Playland. Oh, so yeah, we went right. up to Rye okay. Playland and uh, we were all there and they fitness tested us, all of us. I mean, I was 150 pounds soaking wet right, as a little guy. Um, but then, you know, from there it was just my first training camp was terrible, too. I went to uh, we, we had training camp in Glens Falls and I was so in awe of, of Richter. 
Uh, and, um, you know, Sammy St. Laurent was there, Mark LaForest. Um, but anyways, so quick story. Roger Nielsen had you either ride a bike 26 miles or you could run six miles for your fitness test. So we went out to some park way in the middle of nowhere. And I ran and the bigger guys would ride bikes. So I'm running, I'm doing my fitness testing. And off in the distance, I see two guys off of their bikes. I'm like, what happened? Like, what, what happened here? Did someone fall off their bike and hurt themselves? Once I get up to in close, it's Sammy St. Laurent and Mark LaForest having a smoke off their bikes, helping <laughs> some guy reel in his fish. Wow. Like, okay, well, I guess this is different than junior hockey. Yeah. <laughs> Those guys made it with the Flyers, right? I think that they played for the yeah. Flyers and uh... – Toronto, I think LaForest may have been. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Trees, LaForest, and I remember them smoking outside the locker room in the <laughs> periods, right? I'm an 18 year old kid. Uh, or, I'm like, what the hell is going on? Is this pro yeah. hockey? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, even before you got in the game, I mean, it was very commonplace for guys to not even skate in the offseason. They would show yeah. up, they, you know, just drag out their hockey equipment and start, you know, camp i mean they were drinking beer and smoking before they went right into the rink so so and then richter went and got in shape and ruined it for all of us yeah i know Damn he, Mike richter. he had legs on like tree stumps it was unbelievable like he, he's just a specimen and what a good guy just just a great great person i love richter yeah. You said he was the you i think you called him the hardest working goaltender you've ever been around oh, you couldn't you yeah. said in the book you could not work him so during that playoff run in 94 um, even in practice, I never got in the net because Richter, you think, would take some days off in that. Not a day, right? So, and you'd think that he'd get out of there early. No, he was there right till the end every day, even in the playoffs. Like, he was he was a machine. He, he really was. Um, and still one of my favorite goalies of all time. You know, it was, it's hard to play with a guy that you kind of idolize. Yeah. So when did you – you were with Binghamton in 94 and you got called up. Is that yeah. correct? Do I have that right? Yeah, I went to the Olympics, came back, got sent to Bingo, and then got called up for the playoffs because Bingo didn't make the playoffs. So, so the the Rangers called you up at the beginning of the playoffs for the yeah. for the Islander series to be the emergency goaltender. Yeah, me, Barry Richter, um, Swedish guy, um, Matthias Nordstrom, Peter Anderson. Nope, Matthias Nordstrom. Oh, Matthias Nordstrom. Um, oh, me, Joby, and Joby Messier, Barry Richter, uh, Matthias Nordstrom. I think we were the four that came up. Um, and then Matthias went on to have a great career. Yeah, he did. He, he did a very bad Ranger trade. I don't want to talk. Yeah. About. And yeah. then, um, so if you look at that playoff series, though, the finals, um, we played the Islanders in the first round, uh, Washington, which was like a, what, a 30 minute flight up and down, uh, second round, Jersey is a bus ride in the third round, and then Vancouver in the Stanley Cup finals. Vancouver played Calgary, Dallas. And Toronto, like the miles that they put on compared to what the Rangers put on, right? And, you know, Vancouver gave the Rangers everything they could handle. Oh, absolutely. Gave yeah. me all I could handle. Yeah, no kidding, right? <laughs> but from reading the book, this is kind of all of a blur for you. Like this yeah. is, you're basically standing on the ice just watching Richter and Healy. You're not doing anything. And the ice was kind of your salvation when you played that was the only place that you didn't feel you know all these negative feelings yeah i was um i mean i was just getting hit with waves of panic attacks and uh just trying to hide right like stay out of the way like i knew what was at stake 
So I was trying to stay out of the way. But in the meantime, I can't tell anybody what's going on. I don't even know what's going on. Right. right, right. And I'm having panic attacks. And I remember just going to the rink every day, just, you know, just trying to get through it, just trying to, and, and I never, I mean, thank God I didn't have to play, but um, you know, for such a historical run, like I, I, I wish I, I, I was more of a part of it. Like I don't, I don't have regrets about it or anything because I mean, it, it's made me who I am today. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, you know, that back then you didn't say anything, man. You didn't tell anybody, you know, it's like, no. we're talking about, you know, how girls have it really tough men, especially because we have this machismo, machismo thing. And, and now you're in a sport where everybody is constantly proving or trying to prove how much of a man they are. Yeah. And you're stuck in this position. This is what really intrigued me uh, about your, this is also your livelihood. You're going to make money. And if you, the stigma that this carries, if you out yourself at that time, it's going to impact you financially, your girlfriend, your family, what have you. And again, I, it really, it really hit me hard. And when I, I said, this guy's a real warrior because well, he came, because he came out of it, okay. And you know, there were certainly a lot of bumps. Oh, that's man. when I thought it. I mean, that's when I thought it was over. And I'm sure, just like you, boom, you know. Yeah. Well, you know what? Um, yeah, I mean, it was, you know, I didn't go to the ticker tape parade. I mean, who misses a ticker tape parade, right? Especially I didn't. I was there. Man, right? Like, so that's one thing that I do, I do wish. But yeah, you didn't, buddy, <laughs> right? I mean, they would have, they would have buried me. And that's, and not, and not because out of ruthlessness or anything like that, just because they wouldn't have known what to do with me. Right. And heaven forbid your goalie has a mental health issue. They'd have been, you know, back then they'd have, yeah, you know, they just shooed you away, but you know, you'd have been labeled a head case. You, yeah, you'd have exactly. been labeled a head case and yeah. nobody would have touched you. Yeah, no. And, and even when I did finally get help, I didn't really tell anybody what was going on even after that. And I, I did end up getting kind of buried in the minors after that. Uh, you know, and I'm okay with it. I'm okay because it led me to this path, but we're in a better place today. Right. I mean, we're in a much better place, but players are still reluctant to come forward. And I don't blame them. I mean, there's it's so competitive. You got guys, you know, and you just don't know how someone's going to react. Some teams right. are good. Some teams aren't. Um, but I will say this. The NHL does have good programs. They do a great job. But you can't force guys to use them. Right. Do you do you know, uh, speaking of the NHL and, and how they, they deal with, with this, do you know how they compare to the, the other national major sports? I, I any, really any, don't. Yeah. I think the no, NBA okay. educates their coaches a little better. Um, I, I do, I, I do think they have great psychologists, psychiatrists on hand. Each team does. Um, they have Dr. Shaw, who's been fantastic. Um, they do have programs. I don't think they have, I'm not sure if they have like where, I think they should have mandatory education in it for the coaches, for the players. Um, I'm not sure that that's in place. I know the NBA, some other leagues do. So I, I can't really compare, um, okay. but I do know they do have help available if people want. I know I, it seems like in some ways the NHL leads the pack with some things and then there's other things where they're yeah. way behind, but so yeah. I was just curious if you, if you knew. No, the, uh, the, yeah, no, go ahead, man. No, that's all right. All right. Just the NHL does, they, they do great. They do, they do a lot of good things. I mean, the game's taken a hit character wise in the last little while, but the game is a great game. I mean, we have to weed out the people that have taken advantage of it inside of it, but the game is a great game. Like, 
people ask me if hockey did this to me and I'm like, hockey saved my life. Like hockey taught me the skills I needed, resilience, courage, uh, things to keep going when things are tough. Right. Like the game gave me the skills to stay alive really and keep going. So it's not the game. The game is a great game. You know, we got to weed out some of the people within it that have taken advantage of it. Hmm. I'm tempted to ask you uh, who these people are, but uh, I don't want to jeopardize any. <laughs> well, I think some of them have already been like, you know, some of the stuff that's been coming out, you know, it's not really anyone in particular, but, you know, the culture of hockey has taken a bit of a hit in the sense that, you know, team, younger guys, Team Canada's yeah, stuff going on with Team Canada. And that stuff needs to be cleaned up, no question. But, you know, this is where we got to – and to me, this is where you have to get to the kids early, right, educate them, um, you know, all those things and do the right thing. There's um, – I don't know if you saw the or heard the story of what's going on with the uh, Harford, the Harvard women's program that's going on no, up there. there's been on there. I haven't heard yeah. – there, there was a big story in Athletic about a lot of hazing – and just a really toxic environment that this the coach there has created, and and uh, you know, a lot of a lot of damaged women play play in that program. And uh, well, yeah, yeah. And that's what I'm saying. The game, great game. People within it that have done things like that, we got we got to weed them out, right? But right. but don't blame the game of hockey. It's not the game of hockey. I mean, it's people within it that, like I said, the great game. It teaches kids uh, all the skills that they need. Um, I, I tell people, you know, not to not to be afraid to join hockey. Hockey's a great game, you know. Oh, there's no doubt. Let's weed out those no people that that do things like that. Yeah. Right. So I, I don't want to I don't want to give too much of the book away because I, I I I'm encouraging everybody that listens to us to 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 buy this book and read it. And we're going to give one away tonight while you're on the air. I I have a trivia question about you that I want to see if anybody will know the answer to. And I'm curious to see if you know the answer to the question. <laughs> But we'll, we'll do right. it in a few minutes. Well, everybody's going to have um, They're going to be on their computers. They're going to all you know, uh, Google the end. Jim, I'll give the book away. I live at the end. We're good. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I gave it away. <laughs> I like the fact that a couple of times in the book, you, you say something like, so I'd like to tell you that everything went great and I'll end the book here. Right. But that's not, <laughs> but yeah. that's not how it ended. <laughs> it's a lifelong process. Like I got to watch myself. Right. So, right? Like I got to take care of me. So, with the um, the Rangers have Game Seven against the Devils. They go into overtime. Yeah. Mateau scores the goal. The Rangers are going to the finals, and 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 you're in such a bad place because now you you've been dealing with this for three weeks since, as you refer to it, your brain broke, and you're you're actually thinking I, you you were actually you say it in the book, so I'm not telling any you know I'm not telling any tales out of school. You were hoping they'd lose. Uh, just so yeah. that you could get the hell out of New York City and you were hoping that going home would, would fix your problems. And the whole city is partying because the Rangers are going to the Stanley Cup. And in your mind, it's another two weeks of hell. Uh, and I, I mean, I just can't. Yeah. As a kid, I mean, you grew up in Canada. This is this is what you dream about your whole life. And then it's here. In front, I just can't imagine what that's like to have that in front of you and you want no part of it. Yeah. And that's, that's it's so just awful. Yeah. That goes to show you how bad it was, right? Because, right. I mean, and I, and um, I, I feel bad for that, but I was like, that's how sick I was. I just wanted to go home. And, and I mean, that's, if I'm not mistaken, that's in like the first 10 pages of the book. You And I, I mean, when I first sat down and started reading this, I'm like, wow. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. 
I mean, you, he drops the bomb early, and I was just like, oh, yeah. my God. Well, and then, and then once – yeah. Then once we won game seven, I'm like, we better win the goddamn Stanley Cup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Right. But I'm going to stick around for another two weeks. And, and I'm obviously at the end of it, I'm glad that the Rangers won and that we, I got to be a part of that, you know. But, but when you're sick like that, man, nothing matters. Nothing else matters, you know. Right. And, and, there's, and then the, the Rangers win the Cup seven games. And, you know, the, the parade, and you're on the first plane, you head back to Calgary. Do you tell anybody in the organization? Do you, they, I'm going back to Calgary. I'm not sticking around for the parade. Or were you just – I blew out of there. Just, you were just so, gone. I had, a, I had a flight booked like two days prior. As soon as we went to game seven, I knew it was going to be over. Like I had a flight booked because I figured – I thought maybe if I went home, it would all go away, right? Like like maybe it right. would be better. Um, but it didn't, of course. Um, but then it made me look like a, I don't tell anybody, right? I'm not telling, but it made me look like a disgruntled player is what it what happens, right. um, and that's unfortunate. But you know, like it's not their fault. It's um, you know, and that yeah, I, I wish I could have stuck around for it. And that it breaks my heart that I couldn't. And it just goes to show you when you're in that state, it doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter if you have Olympic medals, Stanley Cups, right? Like. I was desperate. It was survival. Like it was just, it was survival at that point. Right. Just, it doesn't discriminate. It, it no, doesn't just, no. right. It doesn't care, right. It doesn't care if you have a billion dollars or five dollars. I mean, you want to flee to your what, you know, quote unquote safe spaces. Yeah. Where, you know, your home, your apartment, wherever it is, which is so illogical that you're going to be safer from your thoughts. But you are, in a way, you kind of can control your environment. Because there was a lot of times you in, you mentioned in the book that, you know, you would be very cool, make excuses to players and want to interact with you. And they've got to probably well, like, this guy's a dick. I mean, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Better word. Well, yeah. But, you know, so I'm sure there was a lot of that. But um, I'm sure they, they brought you up and were like, let's give these young guys an experience of what the cup is going to be like. And then, oh, boom, yeah. you're out of there. Like, uh, I'm not impressed. You yeah. want a Stanley Cup first time at 40? You know, 40. <laughs> well, that's what it looks like, right? Right, right. right. And you're, you're trying to explain your behavior because people aren't – you don't want to tell anybody that you have a mental health issue, right, or what's going on. So now you're trying to explain why you were late, you know? You're just making up a bullshit excuse because that's what you do, right? You're Now you're trying to hide something. So it, then it just snowballs, right? And, yeah, and you look like a bad teammate. And it, meanwhile, you're just thinking you're from a, a small town and you're just thinking, you know, that if you can just get out of New York City and get away from all of this, that, that you're going to feel better because you guys are on the Rangers are on this incredible ride. They're expected to win the cup. New York City, it's it's transcending sports. It just keeps getting snowballing. And meanwhile, you're going through this. And I, I can certainly understand where you think that just getting away from New York City was going to was going to solve at least some of your problems. And then, and you're, and then you're desperate, right? Like you're, you're right. like, well, what? You don't know what's going on. So maybe if I get home, it'll go away, you know. Right. And then, and then from there, I ran to Kamloops, right? Because you're running from your own brain, trying to figure out what's going on, and maybe it'll just go away if I get somewhere. You're trying to change your environment. You're trying to do anything. Like I was desperate at that point, right? Um, you know, and it's you know, it's hard to. It's, it was actually hard to hear you say that I wanted the Rangers to lose because. I bleed Rangers colors right now, you know, like right. I still do because I love them. 
And it's like, you know, it just makes sense, though. That it's a great way to say how bad a shape I was in at that point. Right. And I, and by the, you know, you read that. Like I said, that's in the first I probably 10 to 15 pages of the book. And you read that. And it's like, wow. Just But then by the time you get to the end, I'm thinking to myself, man, if I would have been rooting for the Rangers to lose, too, if, if I was in that <laughs> I mean, it's self-preservation. I mean, right. I mean, you're in your mind. Like, like you said, there's no other way to put it. You're desperate. I mean, yeah. What are you going to do? And, and playing for the Rangers is like playing for the Yankees. It's like it's the greatest thing in the world, right? Like it, everything's at your fingertips, like anything. Um, and yeah, that that was tough. And you know, I still look back at those and, and wish that I could have played more games and, and played more for the Rangers because, like I say, it's like playing for the Yankees. Like Madison Square Garden is the best building in the world. It really is to this day. Never played in a building that was better than that. Like, it's just, it's electric. And I tell people, you have to go. You have to go to an event, a game there, um, anything, right? I mean, it's just, and, and that's the one thing that that I do think when I look back that I wish would have happened more is, is that I wish I would have got to play more of games with the New York Rangers because, like I say, it was the coolest place in the world. Yes. And as I was reading your book, well, listening to your book, I I love hearing some of the names you were throwing around. When you started talking about uh, Don McLeod, Smokey McLeod there, and the the Calgary Cowboys, I was (coughs) fascinated with the WHA when I was younger. And when you threw his name around, that's what inspired you to be a goalie, right? Yeah, uh, watching him play. And then uh, Mike Palmatier, you know, watching Another guy. Yeah, you know, Ken Dryden. Uh, back then, it would have been John Davidson playing for the Rangers and uh, uh, Cam Achievers, right? Yeah, those are the guys why I became a goalie. Like the goalie masks were were my favorite. Like I love the gear, I love the scary masks and all that stuff. I had uh, I've got a mask that's in the Hall of Fame right now uh, with Vancouver that that's the Psycho House mask. Yes, I've seen um, it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. But one of my favorite. What's that? I think we might have a picture there. It is. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that became iconic. But you guys probably never seen this the, one. So the Hitchcock, the Hitchcock silhouette is is just brilliant. The, oh, that, the paint was incredible. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I had one that I liked better, which was uh, in Binghamton before I got traded. I got, um, I had one with uh, King Kong climbing up the side of the Empire State Building. Oh, that Corey, really I read about that. Yeah. Uh, you talked about that, that in your book. Favorite. I could not find a picture of that mask. I I think I wore it. Not like find a, a picture of it. Yeah. So let me ask you a question since I'm glad you mentioned goalie mask because I want to ask you about that too. You, t- you talk about being a goalie mask connoisseur. Do you have a personal favorite like over the years? Who is like, what's your, what are your favorite masks? Yeah. One of them, um, I'd have to think like, like I say, I, I like the old school ones. Like a guy named Gary Bromley had one in Vancouver. It was a skull. And it, it, it's, it's the coolest mask ever. Uh, right. Warren Skoradetsky had one in Chicago, but Gary Bromley had, it was so yeah, it was so cool. If you can look it up and find it, you'll you'll. He's wearing it. Um, that was one of my favorites. Um, you know, like who was it? Uh, was it Wayne Stevenson had one? I think he had. Um, he had the Empire fly. State Building. Yeah. No. Uh, Steve ba- uh, Steve Baker had I think the Empire Steve, Steve Baker had the, yeah, Steve Baker had the Empire State Wayne State Stevenson was with the Flyers, wasn't he? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So all those old goalies. Uh, you know, I like Wayne Simmons's. He had the snake, like the oh yeah, the brain. 
That was sick. I love that. Was that when he was playing with the Cal? Was it the Seals back then? Yeah, it was. I the date myself, right? As a yeah, kid. I know. But yeah, the, yeah that was Ron, they used to cut the eyes out. Yeah. Have you ever seen? Have you ever seen this one, Corey? No, who is that? I've seen that mask. That's, that is JD. Is that JD? John Davidson, the, the Lone, Lone Ranger, Ranger mask. mask. That is pretty cool. I gotta say, that is pretty cool. He right? broke Eddie, who out. broke that? Who broke that mask again? I, I forget. Think it might have been Vaclav Neda. Was it Fosse? <laughs> was it Fosse or Trotty? Only in fourteen games. Right. That's well, an awesome we, mask, though. Well, we know it's not Podven because he sucks. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I just had to throw that out there. Uh, you know what? Fun. After winning, like have, not having to hear the 1940 chants after winning was, oh. was probably the best thing about that. So obnoxious going into Jersey and and hearing that. But, you know, I, what great gotta, rivalries, though. Like, I'm so excited about this series coming up with Jersey and, and the Rangers. Like, I'll, I'll be watching every game, every minute. It should be a war. Yeah. You know, I got a chance to talk to Bernie Nichols about that series. He was on the Devils. He believes that they should have won, that they were better than you. They were better than the Rangers. In 94? In 94, yes. No, he, not a chance. When he whacked Kovalev in the face while he was down. I said, Did he say there was goaltender interference? Yeah. You know what? Um, Kovalev came down to the minors. You guys, did, did, Kovalev sent Kovalev to the minors. Oh, and, he did? Yeah, at one point, like for a month. And he was pissed that he was down there. He, We're in Utica. And he gets the puck behind our net. He goes, he skates through all the Utica players, gets in on the goalie all alone, doesn't shoot. Comes back <laughs> all the way into our end, does it again, and then dumps the puck in the corner and changes. Ah. That's <laughs> Kobe, right? He's pissed that he was down there, and he was so talented that wow, he couldn't have been down there. I think like, he yeah. I remember in the big club, one time he didn't come off. The, he didn't come off for his line change. Yeah, that was, that was during the playoffs. Keenan was really pissed at him. I yeah. remember that. Yeah, and then right. sat him on the bench for the rest of the game. But I mean, what a talent he was! Ah, you know, he really was a super talent. And uh, nobody talks about Zubov as much as like Zubov. Well, we talk was, about him. Yeah, um, I mean, this guy was—he's a Hall of Famer, and the Rangers yeah. gave him away for nothing. Practically. I remember um, I got sent down to the minors from New York, and Zuby was with me, and he got sent down too. And we're, we're, we're bombing down the turnpike and he asked me if he could light a smoke. And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? He lights a smoke in the car. And I'm like, roll down the goddamn window. You know, Zuby, he was smoking. <laughs> this guy's like one of the best athletes. And yeah, there's lots of those stories like that. Good guy. I love them. What a, what a great human being he was. He, a, one of my old time favorites, the shot, he had a, such a tremendous shot and a playmaker like you wouldn't believe. Still to this day, one of the hardest shots, like his one-timer, you know, like yeah. uh, unbelievable. Him and, uh, but the best, uh, I mean, Leachy in that 94 was incredible. That was the best I'd ever seen. Like he dominated games. Yeah. What an incredible, like what a player he was, right? I mean, amazing run. So All I still right, do so remember some things. You know? See? Yeah, you're pretty good. You remember plenty. Yeah, remember plenty. plenty. Uh, right. All right, so let's take. We'll take a quick second here. We'll, we'll give away a copy of of Corey's book, The Save of My Life. I'll I'll get you. I'll buy you a copy, either on Kindle if you read it on your Kindle or Apple Books, or 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 I'll get you an actual copy of the book. Here's the trivia question, Corey. If you know the answer, don't answer right away. 
Corey, Corey Hirsch had three assists in his NHL career. Who scored the goal that Corey Hirsch got his first assist on? His first Ooh, NHL assist. I no couldn't. Googling. I don't, I don't know. Running on a system. Corey, do you know the answer? No, I, I don't. Okay. But I, I'm, I'm thinking I might, but I, I no, I, I, I actually don't. But I, okay. I, I think I might know the game. It was not Leach. The answers are coming Leech. into the chat room. It was not a Ranger. Yeah. Was it in Detroit? Not a Ranger. It was not a no. Ranger. All right. What? Huh? I thought maybe in Detroit. My first NHL game was in Detroit. But I don't know. That's a pretty good question. It's something I don't even know. Does anybody not got Not Doug Waite. Not Nemchinov. No. Not a New York Ranger. Not Bure. It's not uh, Bure, huh? Not Pavel Bure. It was uh, McGillney, Sean Antosky. <laughs> not Sean Antosky. <laughs> Good guess. And not Sergio Mameso. All right, I'm trying to think of who that might be. Oh, that might did Chris Chris get it? Chris did not get it. It it's is not, not Mark, Mark Messier. Messier either. No, Mess played in Vancouver a little bit later. I'm just going through the names in my head. Jim Sadlack. It was actually, uh, if I'm not Jim mistaken, Sadlack. it was your second game with Vancouver. Okay. And it was a 6-4 loss to the Edmonton Oilers. Well, I never not Martin Jelanos. That was a horror not show. Trevor Linden. You listen to the book that came. <laughs> never played good against Edmonton. Not Steve Larmer. So it would have been, well, maybe, did, was it an Edmonton Oiler? Did I cough one up? <laughs> kind of behind the net in the corner. Martin nope. Jelena? No. I'm trying to go through that team. Was it Russ Cortnell? No. <laughs> Cliff Robbins. Go through the names. Jeff Brown. Brownie? No, that's not the answer. Uh, Adrian Acoin. No. Not Adrian Acoin. Wow. They're guessing. This. Tough question. Corey, there's literally like two. You're making them earn it. There's 2,000 people in this chat room. I just posted old. a chat. Corey, can you read that? Do you see I that? Sure can, yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. you, you talked about him in the book. Good, good dude. Really good friend of mine. Yeah. I won't give it away, though. I know. Coin, well, Linden, not Naslin, not Nathan Lafayette. You'll have to read the book to find out. Nathan Lafayette went the other way in the trade. He was a Ranger when Corey was a Canuck. Yeah, we got traded straight across in the most even trade in NHL history. Now, I think that we we needed you. We didn't need Nathan Lafayette. Nobody's Plus got he it. played on the enemy in the playoffs. I, I didn't like that. Should we give a clue? I'll let you give a clue. You want to give, right. a yeah, give a clue? Give give a clue. Terrified of flying. Ah. John Madden, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and not the one that played for the Devils. No. <laughs> And it was publicly known he was terrified of flying. So that's why I say that. Uh, I will say uh, this, is a, this, ben is Burnley. A, this is a man who is in, I think he's in the over 70 goal club. Very possibly. I think. I with, believe that is uh, correct. Uh, with the, uh, I won't say. Uh, let's see if we can give a, let me. Uh, let me see. We'll give another hint. Uh, 
He played on he played on two teams that the Rangers faced on their way to the 1994 Stanley Cup. He played for two of the organizations. Cutter has gone it from Kitchener, Ontario. There you go, Jeff Diamond. Oh, Jeff, you just got it in. Jeff Diamond from Kitchener, Ontario. You win. Gilney is correct. Rather than you guys do it, you get me his address and I'll send him an autograph copy. Oh, that's very nice of you. He's in Canada, too. So he's an autograph copy of my book. That's very nice of you. Thank you. Out of all our listeners, he will love that the most. Awesome. Yes, absolutely. We had to dig for it, so I appreciate that. Yeah, he is a <laughs> trivia quite not easy. And and he's a he's a trivia he's a trivia whiz, and he wouldn't he wouldn't Google. So I know he I know it came. I know to he's him. Legit. He, he wouldn't cheat. <laughs> Alex McGillney, but he's just one of the greatest people. I, I love Alex. Um, true, true story. So he became a member at a club in LA, a golf, a golf club, very prestigious. And there was one, there was only one locker. This, this club is, I won't say what, what country club it was, but he got OJ Simpson's locker. Wow. They gave him OJ Simpson's wow. locker uh, after they booted OJ. With a, was the, with with a glove in that locker? <laughs> yeah. An empty pair of and shoes. We were like, yeah. We, some shoes and a mask and some, the other yeah. glove. <laughs> He found the glove. No, it was, uh, yeah, pretty. Um, that's yeah, we, pretty we weird. About that pretty good. Yeah, that's, that's pretty, pretty weird. weird. That's great cool. golfer, like really good, like good player, good golfer. When you say most hockey players are really good golfers, like they, that seems to be the, their go-to sport off the ice. Yeah, well, you haven't seen me golf, so apparently. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love golf. Yeah, I, th- I think it's because it's the mechanics are the same, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, most guys are plus. Like a lot of charity stuff is golf tournaments and hockey, so you you know you want to go there and you want to help out and you want to at least be decent, right? Um, so most guys are. I mean, some guys don't play at all, you know. But um, I know McGill and McGillney was like ab, like he would play during the playoffs and stuff. Like that's how that's how much he would play. Wow. Now, dude, you mentioned Mario. Now I forget was that Mario game where he he destroyed the Rangers. Uh... He destroyed me and then Richter. Right, and that was at MSG, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so I get the start. It's the fourth game, my fourth NHL game. So Pittsburgh's coming into Madison Square Garden. It's my first start at Madison Square Garden. Um, they're going for the wins record without a loss in regulation. So you know Mario sees me in that. So they've got motivation, right? They want to win the game. Rangers aren't going to make the playoffs. Mario sees me in that, and uh, he must have been just licking his lips. He had three goals in the second period, uh, scored on me a breakaway. I didn't get into the third. He scored two more on Ricky, and then we ended up losing like 10-4 or something like that that night. But, hey, I'll tell you what, two years later, we were up 2-1 to in Vancouver, and uh, Mario got a breakaway on me, and they stopped him. So suck on that, Mario. Yeah. You and your 600 goals. Yeah, you showed him. Sure showed him, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I was at that game, actually. And um, Dancing Larry. Are you familiar who Dancing Larry is? Yes. Why do I know Dancing Larry? He's this uh, guy who dances at the end of the third period. He goes, yeah. And he gets the crowd all, you know. He's total. You know, he's a little bit. 
Anyway, uh, the garden's almost yeah, garden's almost too nice now. They did they, they did a great job with the room. Yeah, they did, but it it's kind of they've expanded like too much, so it's not as loud as it used to be, but yeah, still it gets nice. loud. It's almost too nice now, right? I mean, it's like the character back then was just how loud it was in the playoffs was ridiculous. Well, the reason I bring up Dance and Larry, I knew yeah. Dance and Larry back then before he's got like a shaved head now. Yeah, and uh, I think on the ninth goal. He just threw his beer from the blue seats onto the green seats. And some guy just took out his umbrella and went like this. Oh, I love like it. He was expecting beer to be thrown. And oh, I'll it. never forget that. Well, that was a tough year for the Rangers. They didn't make the playoffs that year, right? Adam, yeah. I think it was, they, did, they stopped playing for Roger, I think, a little bit. Like, there was mess and all that. Like, it was – and then, uh, yeah, and then Keenan came in the next year after that. Now, was Roger Nielsen all that he was, you know, uh, purported to be uh, kind of ahead of his time with a lot of things? Yeah, Roger was one of the most kind, empathetic, nicest men, like just such a kind person. Probably, you know, almost too kind, smart. Um, you know, when he sent you down to the minors, he couldn't even look at you because he felt so bad, right? Like, that that was just Roger. That was... Um, yeah, I have a lot of I have a lot of respect for Roger. I re, I really like him. Um, you know, just a, a good human being. Uh, and and yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, and then 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 you got Mike. Then Keenan came in, and everything kind of just changed. You know, there's hey. stories where Keenan tried to he wanted to trade Ricky and Leachy or something. I don't know if it's a true story. You guys might know, but then Mess no, no, in. we've never heard Mess that. Stepped in as well, like yes, yeah, it's, it's um. I, there's I've a heard, I don't yeah. There, there's a book written about the about the '94 Rangers, and uh, in the book, supposedly Keenan told uh, told Leach that you know he wanted to trade him for he wanted him to trade for Chelios. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, God, thank God they didn't. But right I, I, when Keenan came in, when Keenan goes into new teams, he would make an example of somebody. So he didn't like James Patrick. He yeah, like, been here yeah. for years, hadn't won anything. So during training camp, James Patrick was like with us in the Binghamton locker room, guys. And all, out of they took he took him right out of the right out of the big room. Um, you know, James Patrick is sitting in the at Rye Playland in, in the small dressing room, sitting like beside one of the guys. And it was wow. kind of like, you know, I, I felt really bad, but it was James handled it really well. He really did. Like he was professional, he didn't say anything, but it was like, you know, why why are you doing this? Right. Wow. It wasn't um because he was a great player, and then he ended up moving him, and he ended up, you know, whatever. But that's what Keenan did. Everywhere he went, he made an example of one guy to show, hey, I'm the boss here, right? And uh, you know, you got to give him credit. He won a cup. In, yeah, he got. Europe. He did something yeah. nobody else could do in my lifetime. And the pressure, it still hasn't been. I, yeah, the pressure. Like that's what I always say. Like about with Mess and that. Like watching what he did with the pressure in that city to win a cup. Like man, it was incredible. To me, that's one of the greatest New York sports moments in history. You know, I know there's tons other, but you know, him hoisting the cup was just, you know, for New York was just incredible. And I believe that Keenan uh, had Patrick on the Team Canada team too, and yeah, didn't play him at all. Yeah, so, kind of like, just didn't like him. He, yeah, he he had things for he had he had something against guys he felt played a long while and didn't win. Right, that was just him. And okay. hey, you know what? He won a cup, and and we got to we got to see it. So 
Yeah. No, I mean, you know, I'm sure James Patrick's doing Say well. You will. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's uh, basically that. I mean, so you've been involved. I, I can't let you go because I got to talk about I the... talk for hours with you guys. Oh, <laughs> thanks, man. I appreciate that. I sure should have. The whole Peter Forsberg. First of all, uh, you know, uh, the rules were ridiculous back then. I'm sorry. I, I, I don't like the shootout now. I mean, it's a skills competition. It's not a real just ending, but I understand that, you know, they got to end the game sometime. I was I was happy when they just got ties back in the day. But <laughs> this Peter Forsberg, and it's funny, you said you got over that pretty quickly, uh, or kind of quickly. Try to give you a look. Well, kind of refresh people's memory for our younger viewers here. Well, yeah. So in '94, we we got to the we got to the finals, of the Olympics. This is before the Rangers won the cup, of course, in Lillehammer, Norway. And uh, we got to the finals, and uh, against Sweden, we were tied two-two after uh, at the end of the game. You know, still tied. Played ten minutes overtime, still tied two-two. Went into sudden death, uh, shootout, right there, or the shootout. Five shooters go each side, still tied 2-2, and then it went into sudden death shootout. So um, a guy named Magnus Svensson came down on me, and I tried to get as aggressive as possible on these guys because I thought the ice would be bad in front of me, maybe to lose the puck, try to get him to deke. So he tries to deke, he misses, and then we have a chance to win gold. Peter Nedbed goes to shoot for us. Uh, he ends up missing the net on a goalie named Tommy Salo. Well, Tommy Salo, everybody should know. Former and Islander. Then, yeah, former Islander. Good goalie. And then that's when Forsberg stepped up and he came down on me. 20-year-old kid, um, you know, did well, what they call the Forsberg today, everybody, right? That's right. I, that's... I helped make that famous. Come on. <laughs> yes, you were, you were and, part um, of the uh, process. Yeah, and then he came down did the and, and ended up scoring on me. And that's how we ended up with silver and Sweden ended up with gold, um, you know, God damn Peter Forsberg. I gotta Son of a bitch. <laughs> no, but uh maybe hey, you know what? I'm part of history, right? It's also but the whole stamp thing. Yeah. Which <laughs> I knew about it that time <clears throat> again before any real social media is out there. I knew about it. Uh and again, I think it feeds into that whole like this guy's a dick. He's not, you don't want to see it. I mean, it's a historic moment. Yeah. Sweden's going up and down, they, they love it. I'm getting, uh, you know, Alf Nielsen is calling me up, Team Sweden, ah, bah, bah. And uh, you say no. Uh oh, here it is. So I got photos of it. I got a giant photo. I give I give these away. I sign them. <laughs> so yeah, so this is the, this is the, yeah. So that's, that's it right. right there. It's a blown up version. But so you yeah, say it's, uh, you say no dice. I don't want my number on. Well, who wants a beat? This is like, uh, you know, <laughs> you're part of a, 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 I don't know, a home invasion, and they want to put you. I don't know. I can't think of a real good comparison. Yeah, looking, yeah, looking back, I mean, I'm like, why didn't I just let them do it, right? But I was a, I, I was a kid. I was 21 years old. I had an agent. They, they came at us saying they, you know, they wanted to put my likeness on there. My agent was like, okay, well, you have to pay us you know, for that, for, for all that. And then, so they didn't even get back to us. They just changed the number on the Jersey. So that's kind of how the story went was, is that, um, yeah, I mean, for my likeness, 
you know, they my agent wanted them to to pay us to use. Right. Well, I think that's and that's what happened. Certainly reasonable. Yeah, well, that's what I thought too. But the Swedes didn't like it, so they changed my number and my name. Damn Swedes! But hey, I'm on a stamp. I'm on Are a you, goddamn stamp. You also mentioned that a couple guys bailed out of that shootout. Hock and Lube, who yeah. uh, was, yeah. I mean, he was a phenomenal player, Bob. Both ends of the ice. Just a, a tremendous player for Calgary. Um, uh, I think it was, uh, was it Matt Snazland? Yeah, they didn't want to shoot. They didn't I mean, want to shoot. That's the story that I got. That's right. right. Um, yeah, they, they were too nervous. And Peter Forsberg's like, the, he's been, you know, at least it was a good player. Right. I mean, right. you're talking about Hall right. of Famer, one of the old yeah. time greats. I mean, uh, that, yeah. And he was a lot tougher than people think he was. Like, like you couldn't, we tried to, we had Tekin in, uh, in the playoffs in Vancouver, we played Colorado, and we had Tiki on him the whole time, and he just gave it right back to him. Like you couldn't, like he was a lot tougher than than people think he was. Like he was not only could he could he play, I mean, but I mean he gave it right back. You know, friend Swedes back then weren't like that, right? They right. were known as soft or whatever. Right. Man, he gave it right back, and, and he was tough. So, like I say, at least it was a good player, right? Right. Yes. And yeah, Essa was, was a very – he was a character in himself. <laughs> yeah, he used to call me Red Hairs because he couldn't pronounce my name in English. <laughs> Which is Corey. Right? <laughs> hey, Red Hairs. Syllables. I love Tiki. Like, what a good teammate, though. Like, what a good teammate. I mean, we all do. Like, we all love him. And that was – you know, that was another thing, Corey, that I loved about the book is that, you know, you had that – and you've talked about it here tonight with us. You had the Forsberg shootout and the night Mario, you know, scored five goals on you. And you're like, yeah, it happened. You know, you don't, you don't shy away from it. You're almost, you almost wear it like a badge of honor. Like two of the greatest players in the world did, did that oh, to yeah. you. And you're like, eh, it's great. I love being part of it. You well, know, that, I, I, I just, I love that. The candor, well, the way you presented I, it. It packed so much. When, when I, I mean, I wasn't with the Rangers that long, right? I mean, it was a few years and I was up and down. But you pack so much in in such a small amount of time, right? Like, so I used to hang out with Kennedy, the VJ from uh, MTV. We used yeah, to right. to know her really well. And what a, she's just the sweetest. But um, so the following uh, September, I went to the MTV Awards because I took her to the Stanley Cup Finals, right? I, she took me to the MTV Awards. It was the one where uh, Michael Jackson and Lisa Marie Presley. Oh, uh, they kissed on they stage. Kissed. Yeah. yeah. I was at that one. Wow, that's the stuff stuff in New York when you play for the Rangers. Like, like it's you know, um, you guys didn't bring up I was a judge for the Miss Teen USA pageant. Oh no, I didn't know that. that. I don't think that's in the book. So that's with the Rangers. Yeah, that was with the Rangers. They were like, "You want to do this?" I'm like, "Sure." I was so far out of my element. That's where I met Kennedy, Um, and we were just friends. Um, But yeah, I ended up I judged the Miss Teen USA pageant. um, Went to the MTV Awards. Drank out of the Stanley Cup. Like it packed a lot in in a, in a couple of years in, in New York. So lots of good memories. You know, was Be was that the right. same MTV Awards? Was that the the MTV Awards that was after the Cup when Messier and Leach came out on the stage during the awards? Yeah, yeah, probably would have been because it was the because, following September. Because I remember watching that MTV Video Awards and just seeing Messier and Leach on stage at the MTV Awards and the crowds chanting, let's go Rangers. I'm like, you know what? This really was like one of the biggest sports stories of all time. If you've got the MTV crowd chanting, let's go Rangers. You yeah. Know, it, 
really showed what a big deal that was. Well, Bigger thanks than for sports, reminding me yeah. how great it was and how sick I was at the time that I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all good, man. It really was, right? I mean, yeah. Um, you remember the CNC Music Factory? Uh, <laughs> oh, I, I think know. it was Green Day. The Stones played it like it was so cool. And then uh, oh, wow. I sat inside Carrot Top. Carrot Top. I mean, I inside Carrot Top. Yeah. And he had <laughs> wow. some smoking hot model beside him. Of course. Of course. I went with Barry Richter. Barry Richter was my date. Ah, Barry Richter, good offensive defenseman. Yeah. Wow, just another defenseman. good human being. Another good dude. Well, I find hockey players are the best human beings out of all the sports. I really do. They're, they're so down to earth and, and just, you know, plain talking. I mean, you know, that's just my opinion. Yeah, we try, right? I mean, yeah, we do. You know, most guys are, are pretty I mean, you guys. get your salty guys. There are certain guys we've dealt with that have been a little bit salty. But, hey, you know. You want to throw out some of those names, or yeah, uh, Matt Barnaby. He's a total. Barnaby was salty, really. Uh, well, he called the show drunk on the oh. golf. Oh uh, yeah, that's never that's never a good idea. Drunk golf course, bad cell signal, and then just never yeah. called back. That's never a good idea, uh, Barney. Right? You know, you know, and probably because he played in Rochester when I played against him in Bingo, and then for Buffalo, right? I mean, it's like maybe he's got, yeah. Maybe he's got your some old vibes or something. I don't know. And your old boss was a no-show. Who's Neil my Smith. old boss? Who's that? Neil Smith. Neil Smith didn't come on, really? Yeah. Uh, that's oh, too bad. I lost Eddie. Yeah, yeah we had him well, all booked, had it all set up. I play, I, I, For lack of a better term, I played footsie with Neil Smith for about three months trying to get him on the show. Finally got him to agree, and then he never showed up. Yeah, uh, that's too bad. I like both of those guys. I know both yeah. of them. I like I'm sorry. You know what? I'm what gonna, gonna do? call to them after. Yeah. <laughs> That's all bullshit. Good. We'll get them on. <laughs> well, Corey, it's 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 been uh, an honor and a pleasure talking to you. But I want before I let you go, before we let you go, is it? Can we get you to tell the two hundred dollar piss story? Because this literally oh, is having laughing out loud. It's in the book. But can you tell that story before we let oh, you go? Oh my god! Yeah. Well, in Russia, anything can happen, right? Anything. So we're downtown Moscow, and uh, we're out one night. I had a couple of beers, nothing, nothing too. But we're going to walk back to the hotel, right? But halfway to the walk back to the hotel, I mean, I like I had a couple of beers. I got to, I got to take a leak. So I go behind a building, right? I mean, I'm a guy. That's what you do. And um, you know, so as I'm finishing, a, like a Volkswagen minivan pulls up. Six guys jump out, grab me throw me in the back of this van and I'm with two other guys and I won't name them, but they're, they're like, they're stunned. Like these guys are like henchmen They've, and, and uh, it's dark and I'm in the back of the van and, and I see some guy lean forward. He's like passport, passport. And I'm sitting there going, Holy shit. Like I'm about to get kidnapped. I open my wallet. Cause I know money talks in Moscow and Russia. He pulls right. out like 200 us grabs it, throws me out of the van. I'm on the ground laying on my back. These guys jump in the van and they take off. And I'm just sitting there going, holy shit. I just about got kidnapped in Russia and Moscow. <laughs> yeah. Best 200 bucks I ever spent on a piss. Wow. <laughs> Hopefully it never happens again. That's, That's what just happened to me. Don't, don't walk home from a bar at midnight in Moscow. Yes. That's what Lesson just happened learned. to me. I got kidnapped. <laughs> and I had to pay $200. It's a good 200 bucks to spend. Yes. It was U.S. too. 
right? I'm oh, saying. that's big time money. Oh, so, yeah, it's big time money. Uh, so you were talking, well, I was talking about Matt Barnaby. I heard you talking about how you had set it up. Uh, who else? Uh, Sean Smith. Avery. I mentioned Sean Avery, his, his old boss. Is a little bit salty. That I can't help you with. <laughs> <laughs> I mentioned how Corey's old boss, Neil Smith, bailed on us, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. That's too bad. I, I like Neil. That's he, want, he wanted to be paid. Do I look like a man who could deal out money to anybody? Well, he was... He was he he responded at first and said, "I'm not going to be anyone's free guest." I'm like, "Well, you know," I said, "I said, well, oh, come on, fifteen know. minutes, you know, with the, talk about nineteen, like, you know, lifelong fan." Finally, he agreed to do, but it was a lot of back and forth, and then finally, he just didn't even show up. And I'm like, you know what? Probably for the best. Hey, I'm going to lose money on your show because I'm giving away a book. Thirty-five <laughs> bucks. It's coming out of my pocket. Well, we offered. You were kind enough to. Uh, to I'll, you know, no, I love you. That autograph will mean to that kid. You don't know. Uh, right. He's going to be telling all of Kitchener, Ontario, and he's getting an autographed copy of. Should I send his address book. to Michelle? Yeah, yeah. Or, you, you can DM if you want. No, just DM it to me on, on the screen if you can, if nobody else can see it. And I'll just. Uh, yeah, let me let me see if I can get it for him while we're. Uh, or you can, yeah, whatever. I mean, or you can, you can just send it to Michelle. That's fine. Uh, I will mention some of the really besides you being one, probably the best guest we've ever had, Chris Nyland. <laughs> awesome. Was, yeah. He was fishing when we interviewed him. This is before we did the video, and uh, he said he also had a few. Yeah, he oh he was bombed, and yeah. uh, he he said. I got to go back home, but let me call you back when I get home. And then called us from his house. Yeah. And continued he's the over the earth, that guy. He, he really is. He'd been through the ringer, too. Like, he's, yeah. he talks about his story and all that. And, man, his story is incredible. Um, he was, like, he was, uh, he was like, attached to the mob at one point, wasn't he, or something? It, it, like, his story that, is, he didn't the share that came with to his door and, arrest, it, like, came and knocked on it. Like, it was, oh, I think he did mention something yeah, like his that. his story is is nuts like it's um and he's doing great he's, he's sober he's clean he's that's doing good amazing. he's helping theo, people yeah theo flurry another guy who went through his his yeah. problems guys. yeah but that just goes to show you like it doesn't matter right i mean we all have our struggles right like that's what you know ultimately just go get the help man like you don't you know you don't have to be ashamed to get help like and, and for men like you know, I can still do all those manly things. You can still play hockey. You can still, you know, shoot a gun. Whatever you think is to be a man. I went and got help, right? Uh, it's it, it doesn't make you – it makes you a stronger man when you go get help, not a weaker one. Now, do you think the climate has changed a lot now, or you think it's still difficult for men to – It's getting we... better. It's our generation, though, that still struggles. Yeah. Like our middle-aged man crisis is – suicide is off the charts. And we have to change that, right? Like we're putting the fire out right now, but that's why I'm hoping to educate our youth. And that is because, you know, maybe they'll, maybe it'll be different for them. Maybe they'll, you know, if we can educate them and teach them to get help, they won't be in the crisis that we're in, you know, at this point as middle-aged men, uh, because it's our generation that struggles to reach out for help. And there's, man, it's a strength. It's not a weakness. Right. And, it seems that now, and this is a going to a totally different subject, but now you hear mental illness brought up 
in the school shooting uh, uh, area now. They say, oh, it's not the guns, it's mental health. Now, I don't, I, I, I don't have my pay grade to figure what, what, what it is, and I really don't want to, you know, I, yeah. I don't want to say. You know what, you're, if, with mental health issues like are homeless and that, you're actually more likely to be a victim of crime than you are to, to cause crime. Um, yeah, but, and, and I think that goes beyond mental health when you have something like that, right? right. I mean, but, it, you know, maybe, it, it, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, right? But everybody wants to blame mental health. You know, maybe the environment was part of it where that person grew up. I, I, I don't know, right? We don't but know if it's the parenting. We don't obviously know. Obviously, something's wrong there, right? Something right. has gone. In a way, I'm kind of glad that they're talking about it, but are they really talking about it or is it just a, yeah. an answer to the guns? The majority of people that, yeah, it's an answer so that they don't have to you know, blame Do guns. anything about the gun. And I, I don't care. I don't care what side of the fence you're on, whether you want guns or not, right? It doesn't, I don't have a, I don't have a stake in that. But um, yeah, it's easier to blame well mental health. Okay, well, I'd say ninety nine percent of the people I know that have mental health issues are some of the most kind, empathetic, unbelievable people you would ever meet. Right? Um, you know, so I, I have I have sympathy and, and empathy for people with mental health issues, and I, I don't I don't I don't see that as the problem. You know, but people are going to make up their own excuses, their own reasons. Right. And I think beyond my pay grade. Right. <laughs> but I do think it does. I just said I just sent Corey uh, Jeff's address there. It's in the chat. You should be able to see it. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I he wanted gonna... me. He said, don't forget to tell him I'm in Canada. I said, he's in Canada. I think he knows where Kitchener, Ontario. He is. may have heard of it. I'm in Vancouver. He may have heard of I it. Know where Kitchener is. Uh, <laughs> The Kitchener Rangers, home of the Kitchener Rangers, ladies and the Walper Hotel, and the Walper Hotel. Hotel. I'm not even going to ask how you know that. Um, you know, uh, I forget how the conversation came up one night. We were talking about we were we had we going to go visit the show. We were were going to go visit him, right? We were talking about going to visit Kitchener, and we found this hotel, the Walper, and it said on their website that you can book a room with romantic enhancements. Well, we were at the very end of a show when things tend to get a little goofy. So we called the hotel live on the air, and we had this guy on the phone for like 10 minutes trying to just – we made a comedy bit out of it. It was really yeah. funny. What that exactly are these romantic enhancements you have? Oh, my God. And the guy was just – he was stuttering. He couldn't really – he didn't know what. That is fantastic. Hunter, Jeff, the man, he's still, he's still lecturing. The man knows how to mail things in Canada. Yeah. He's 52 years him. old. He knows how to mail things. Don't worry. We'll get it to him. That's how we used to have to talk to people, right? We had to mail stuff. Yes. Right. Write letters. Right. We didn't have email and, and, you know, and texting. And you had to learn cursive in school. They don't even teach that anymore. Bah. Grumpy old man time. I, I taught my daughter how to write cursive. You did? Yeah. Yeah, because I have, I, have, I have very nice handwriting. I have. Beautiful handwriting ain't that great. I, I, I never seen Look at my hand. My handwriting's beautiful. Oh, stop. People ask me if I'm Hancock over here. Anyway. All right. Uh, uh, I uh, Corey was here. We were just bickering amongst us. Right. We're just arguing out there. Corey, you know, the, <laughs> one of the last things you say in your book is if, if you come away with, from your book with only three words, it's those three words should be, I need help. But the four words actually stuck with me, and it, and I'll tell you, it was one of my one of the things I really took away from your book is when you say 
mental health is health. And that really stuck with me. And it's, it's so true. You talk about how if somebody gets sick and they'll, they'll take medication, but if they get, if, if it's a mental problem, why is there such a stigmatism about, about taking Zoloft or, or, or one of the, one of the other, the, yeah. the other drugs, you know, and I just, it really hit home with me. I mean, you know, again, I've had, I've had my issues with anxiety, certainly not on what you call anxiety on steroids, but you know, so I learned a lot from this book, not just f about you, but about mental, mental issues and about, I thought I learned some, a few things about myself too, because it was nice to know, well, I'm not the only one who's ever driven down a winding highway and thought, well, what happened if I just turned the wheel and went off the road? Well, that's all of us do. We've all had that. You know, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And, and no, I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad. And and I tell people this: it's not a hockey book. We, you know, with some it's it's a mental health book with hockey stories, right. right? It's mental health first. And I know, you know, I'm blessed that I played, and it's the platform. You know, the game gave me a platform. Uh, you know, to be able to try and help other people. So I know we talked about a lot of stuff today, and um, I'm thankful for all of it because. It's led me to where I am today, which I feel is my purpose, right? Right. I mean, the purpose is to help other people. And that's, that's all of us. I, I believe that the purpose of life is we're here to help each other, you know, and um, hopefully the book helps somebody. And, and you guys have been super kind today. Thank you so much. Oh, no problem. I'm glad you enjoyed You're the, the kind one. We, we appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, it's like that saying goes, you know, what doesn't kill makes you kill you, makes you stronger. And I, I really feel like, you, especially in this book, wrap it all up, basically, is that the people that helped you along the way, they were put there in the grand scheme of things so you could be the person you are today. Well, I mean, absolutely, right? Whether absolutely. it be Kennedy or uh, uh, Dave Babbage, you mentioned in the book, or, uh, certain people, even you know, girlfriends yeah. and stuff like that. Russ Cardinal was a big one too. Uh, you know, Russ, really? Did Russ play with the Rangers? For yes, I think he did. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yep. Good friend of mine. But the only thing a lot I of guys from that '94 yeah. Vancouver team wound up with the Rangers. Yeah, no, that's right. They did most of them, right? The only thing I hope is that the Rangers kill the Devils. That's all I care about right now. Oh, <laughs> I like the I like the way he's talking. Sorry, Devils fans. I know you're. Nah, they don't. There's no Devil fans. The they don't allow them in here. They're yeah, not watching yeah. this show anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Corey, thank you so much. So much yeah. Uh, Thanks, it's been, this has been a, a great hour. And uh, well, I would love to have you back sometime and, you know, just shoot the shit. This was fun. Yeah. Anytime, my friends. Yeah. Um, playoffs, I'll come on anytime. We'll we'll start ripping on some other teams and some other goalies for oh, sure. Oh, yes. And, oh, uh, and I'll be... I'll, I'll thank Michelle again in the morning and uh, and we'll, re we'll reach out to her and maybe set something up in the future. Would love that. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Jeff, Take care, my brother. Up. Don't worry. Take care, Corey. Take care, Corey. Put your tooth back in. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks, Good night. Man. That was absolutely one of my favorite interviews. Ah, what a fantastic guy. Oh, yes. that was a lot of fun. He's yes. and I, I, I can see him. He's still here. He's writing down Jeff's address. Uh, well, Jeff uh, is probably. I'm, I'm very happy. Cutsy won that won that book. Yes, I am ecstatic <laughs> that he won. And so, boy, everybody I enjoyed love... it. We're getting kudos from the chat room, which we like. 
I love the fact that he threw that Ranger jersey on immediately. He How was great prepared. was that? That was the, 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 the one of the that, but, right off the bat. He came in and hit a, a home run. Absolutely, absolutely. And, he and then t- I mean, he took his he took his tooth out. I mean, come on. That was that was absolutely one of my favorite interviews. <clears throat> so very uh yeah, and that's and that's that's just like the way he comes off in the book, too. Just approachable, real matter. I don't even know how to put it, other than personable, real like he's a guy you'd want to you know just sit around and talk to for a couple hours, you know. Definitely. We definitely gotta to try to reach out to him during the playoffs. Sure. Trash goalies with us. I wanted to talk. I didn't get a chance to ask him about a Halak. He was involved with Halak, and uh, he mentioned, yeah, not only that, but he mentioned he mentioned some deficiencies in Halak's game that he right. didn't think he could correct or something like that. And I thought about bringing it up, but I had so many other things. Yeah, I know. I, I and I'm like, and I'm like, you know, he is he even going to come on here and like speak badly about a current Ranger? And I'm like, eh. So I kind of left that. It's always nice to leave one on the to-do list because Halak probably won't be here next year because it was also something he put in there about Ryan Miller that I thought was interesting. Right. He said he saw some things in Ryan Miller's game that would get exposed in a seven-game series, but I don't know. He doesn't. I don't know how he doesn't strike me as somebody who wants to be terribly critical of another player. You know what I mean? Right. I think that's a typical player, especially if you're a nice, really nice guy. But he did want to know who who we thought kind of like was a little bit shifty with us uh, as far as what did I what was the word I used? Uh, <coughs> salty. He wanted to know right. right away when I mentioned who was so who was salty. Right, uh, right. You got to give me something, then I'll you know we, he owes us too salty. He was very good. I didn't even I, I had a, an entire list of things I wanted to talk, about, but the. I couldn't ask for any better. There were so many things I didn't even get to, and I'm fine with that. Because there, well, there were some be popping up on uh, five other podcasts uh, pretty soon. So right, right. So get ready for that. But he said we not- do a great job. I wonder if he looked into us. I wonder if he's watched. <laughs> I wonder if he watched I the whole. Don't think so. I don't think he knows who the hell we are. Well, look, I the, don't know. The, I mean, I don't. The, but the PR girl reached out directly to me, so she had to find out about us from somewhere. That's true. Maybe somebody up there likes us, Jim. Maybe, maybe. Well, I and don't really was... know what to talk about. I mean, we we could. I just want to kind of end the show here because it's like you can't get better than this. The Rangers Leave got some games coming up, right? What's the score? Uh, can you give me an update? The scores and the are there any meaningful games going on tonight? Are the Devils playing or some shit? Let's see. We've got uh, Buffalo and Florida are tied at one at the end of the second period. The Maple Leafs lead the Coats 2-1 at the end of the second period. Detroit beating Montreal 4-0 in the third. Carolina beating Ottawa 2-1. And the Devils are beating Pittsburgh 4-0. That's at the end of the second period. Devils ahead. And Blues over the Flyers 1-0. Nashville over the Knights 2-0. So, I mean, do you think that – there's going to be any change in the standing is a basically this is baked in. I mean, I know the Islanders are only one point ahead of Pittsburgh now with a game. Uh, Devils are only three points behind Carolina with 
five games to go. Carolina I mean, actually has six games to go. I also I'm want to say, sure. I just want to say, Sean McCaff, I almost cracked <laughs> up four times during that interview because of your comments. What's that? Sean McCaff oh, sure. was making jokes to Hurst wanted to know how to vote, how to vote in the poll. <laughs> yeah, Peanut has made an appearance back there. I got the window open because it was so nice here Joe today. Petroni's reporting that the Panthers will leapfrog Pittsburgh and the Islanders if they win tonight. Nice. Good. I, I think Buffalo is done. I mean, if, oh, if the Islanders miss the playoffs, that would that would that would certainly oh, be a boy. cherry on the Rangers Sunday, right? Oh my God, I would, uh, I would love that. I would love that. But uh, is uh, what did we? What did, what is Pittsburgh doing? I gave the score. Oh, they're losing four nothing. <laughs> we can check in on Joey. <laughs> oh boy, uh, Joey's uh, still at zero dollars. For his graduate work. Joey. Right, for his doctorate. Yes. So, can't get better than that, folks. Really. What a well, wonderful I'm, I'm glad it went well. I got to admit, I was a little nervous. I don't usually get nervous, but it's a, it's a sensitive topic, and it's not our specialty. Yeah, I mean, and we're not a, a deep show, you know. <laughs> right. and But, you know, at the same time, I don't want to be a buffoon when we have a guest who's, oh, no. dealing, we, who's dealt with milk. Okay. I think we did very well. I, I think we did. I think we handled it very well. I, think but, yeah, I still, I was I was very nervous about this. I was very nervous. And my own well, anxiety. I, I got now, anxiety. I didn't want to tell him. I got anxiety just talking, just having you on the show. It gives me anxiety. Well, one thing I did pick up as we were recounting these things, he didn't really want to go there. He even said, like, he hasn't read the book. I don't think right. he's into reliving this shit, even though he wrote a book about it. Right. It, you know, you're right. It, it almost seemed like it, that this was a like a like a step, like a therapy step. And then once he was done, once he once he got to the end, that's it. That part of his therapy was over. You know what I mean? I <laughs> like Michael. Like you're still buffoons, but you did well. Thank, Thank you. you. Well, yeah, and and I I can live with that. But you know, again, this wasn't a guest we sought out. They sought out us. So I wanted to, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to be put on a nice show for the, you know, because who knows? Maybe maybe she's got another player that's going to write a book that might want to come on a Ranger show and promote. That's so. right. We're hobnobbing. <laughs> uh. <clears throat> Peter McDougal. That that name is like really old. Not that old. Peter McDougal. That's like 78 or something. And, and Eddie, he uttered the phrase we all love to hear, once a ranger, always a ranger. Yes. In his mind, he's still a ranger. I mean, he played for Vancouver, he played for Dallas, he played overseas. He's a ranger. In his at least at least in, at least for an hour with us, <laughs> in his mind he's a ranger, right? That's right, exactly. <laughs> a little disappointed he mentioned Roman Ender, but uh, that's that's okay. that's for another time. Yeah, right up there, Peanut. Uh, Peanut looks okay. He's comfortable. I don't know how to. I don't. I don't know how the hell. He's a big cat. I don't know how the hell he's comfortable. Ah, there, my cat's he, huge too. The minute that window's open, man, he he's up there. Yeah. I don't know how he's comfortable. I don't know. 
So who the Rangers got upcoming? Tampa. Ryan Lindgren's coming back, they tell me. That, that's the word on the street is that Ryan Lindgren will be back tomorrow. He did mention Potvin sucks, which I didn't know if I should go my opinion on that. But, you know, I I thought instantly I was going to ask him the first time you heard that. Did you have any idea what it meant? And, and then we got we got right. we just moved on to something else. <laughs> right. So the return of 55 is because he Duke. probably thought, what do they got against Felix? Yeah, I thought <laughs> Felix Potvin was good. Right. Tampa, St. Louis, the last of these dreaded back-to-backs. And, uh, yeah, I think it was a great idea to schedule a Wednesday night 7.30 game at, on, at home and then make them fly halfway across the country to play the very next night in St. Louis. Thank you again, NHL. But then uh, after that, they get a day off. They go to Columbus. They get a day off. They're home for Buffalo. Two days off. They finish the season against the Toronto St. Pat's. At home, and then the playoffs. Maybe, I don't know, maybe Sunday, April 16th, or Monday 17th. Playoffs these start. schedules? I've said it all year. Sean's asking, you think he uh, had sex with Kennedy? He claims in the book he, he did didn't, but I think he, he did. I think he did. He's just being a gentleman about it. Uh, NHL playoffs, according to Cutter, start... April 17th. That's what, oh, excuse me. That's Monday. Monday, Monday, Monday. Monday. And, uh, you know, my summation is Shesterkin's ready. I'm ready. I think the team will go into the show again. We'll see where the chips fall where they may. I'm not losing my crap over the, the end, the, how they finish. I mean, you want to see them do well, you know. Continue their winning ways, but I'm not living and dying if they lose to Buffalo again. You know, I just, just don't want anybody getting hurt. That's that's the most important thing. And I, and in closing, I feel just rest Lindgren. Let him come back like the last two games or three games. So, because thanks, Doctor B. Yes, thank you, Doctor B. So. Uh, so that's the story, Morning Glory. You heard it all and more. I hope you guys enjoyed the show tonight. Yes, I did. And I hope if you are suffering with this stuff, just reach out for some help, man. And I, I highly encourage everybody to, to read the book because even if you're not suffering, chances are you know somebody who is. And maybe this will help you understand a little bit more what they're going through. That's about all I can say. And like I said, that you know, he tells you at the end of the book, if, if you take, if you've read this book and you come away with three things, three words, let it be, I need help. And that's true. That is true. But the four words, like I said, the four words that I came away with was mental health is health. It's just as important as taking care of your lungs, your kidney, your brain. It really is. My biceps your biceps, your triceps, your quads, your pecs, your core, uh, you know, and, and unfortunately it's not really until the last 10, 15 years that we've come to realize that. So, yeah. Yeah. How we, uh, we'll talk about, I'll PM you about this thing. I experienced with your Facebook account, but anyway, 
Jim, always a pleasure. I had a great time being serious, laughing. The whole bit <laughs> was 100% total awesomeness. Thank you, everybody, for being here. Make sure you uh, click the bell, subscribe to the Blue Shirt Underground channel. Let us know, uh, you know, let you know when we're on the whole bit. Follow us on Facebook. And uh, we will see you guys soon, probably uh, early next week. Sounds good, my brother. All right. Take care, everybody. Eddie, always a pleasure. We love you guys. Thanks for your support. Good night, everybody. Ugh.